Interesting to energy management. Yes. <sighs> so this one's fascinating to me because this is where I feel like yoga diverges or Ayurveda diverges from our Western culture uh, beliefs and practices. So we can, if we talk about the three pillar, pillars and we talk about nourishment and we talk about sleep, those two are ones that like, you know, are splashed across the cover of health magazine and stuff like that. Like nourish yourself properly. And here's the, like our, our world around nourishment has a massive diet culture, massive diet culture around like not only calorie diet, but different kinds of diet, different kinds of ways that we're supposed to um, put fuel in our body. So that nourishment piece spins all the time in our culture. Sleep is starting to um, be more prioritized. And yet we've always adopted the idea of we need good sleep. This energy management piece now is the piece where it's like, okay, hang on a second. And that's, it's so fascinating to me. The word in yoga is brahmacharya. And brahmacharya's translation is non-excess in some um, translations. And then in other translations, it is more like um, using your energy, morning Molly, using your energy to fill your own soul to ensure that the way you are spending your energy is something that is in keeping with what you need to do. So that this idea of your vitality, your life force is something to be protected and cared for. And I don't think we do that. Like right now, I feel like we live in a culture that prioritizes the busy check mark and um <laughs> and none of you guys fall well deb i think you might be just getting out of falling victim to that one but currently in this stage that's not the stage you guys are in in terms of falling victim to that busy culture which means you're we are starting to prioritize our energy because all of a sudden time is given back to us our day is something that we get to create and that's what this one's about this one is about how can you um, use your energy to fill the desires of your soul. And it's very, very much also, not also, it's very, very much about finding your tipping point. So in Ayurveda, we're always talking about when you tip out of balance and then when you tip back into balance. And Ayurveda talks about we can't, we can't just find our beautiful point of balance and stay there. We're constantly being affected and pulled one way or pulled the other. And we feel that happening in our energy as well. Some days we feel like we have buoyant energy, we have an abundance of energy, and other days we absolutely feel like that is not the case, where our energy is not available to us. And this is the brilliant thing of yoga and Ayurveda is that they're like, come on, people, here's the missing key. Like, here's the missing piece that all you people who are so concerned about, like your diet and your exercise, you're not honoring the sort of rhythm of energy. And so the rhythm of energy 
every day there's a 20, there's a 12 hour cycle of your energy. And we talk about that when we talk about, you know, we move from kapha time of day into pitta time of day into vada time of day and how that energy um, waxes and wanes through that cycle. So we know during that kapha morning time of day, we have more stable energy. We know that during the pitta time of day, we have robust um, fire burning. So we have that kind of potentially robust energy available. And we know that that wanes again, when it comes to Vata time, when the energy might not be as abundant for us. So there's like a, a bunch of different pieces to this puzzle in that, can we allow ourselves to drop into the rhythm of the 24 hour cycle? and capitalize on when our body naturally has more energy and can we start to guard our energy with an awareness for what activities actions um, people um, jobs fill us up light us up it's almost like the kind of thing that when you're done you have even more energy than you did going in even though on paper, it was exerting energy, but because of the environment, because of your passions and desires, that activity fueled you instead of drained you. And then there's other activities, you know, you can picture them in your head, you go into them. And when you come out, you like, you need to come home and just sit on the couch because that took everything out of you. And I just love even planting the seed in our brains that this is something that we should take care of. So my goal here today, this morning, is to lead us in a meditation. Oh, lead us in a meditation and then allow you to come out of that meditation into your journals. And the meditation is going to lead us through sort of these um, questions. Where um, do we feel like we are creating energy? Where do we feel like we need to conserve it? Uh, how is it regenerated? What are the practices that happen in us that helps us help us regenerate energy? And then purposefully, where would we choose if we could, if we could, like, take this energy source, and if, if it was like money, direct it where we wanted to spend it most, and think of it as currency, where would we where would we direct it? And the last one, where do you feel like you're having your energy drained from you. It's like you're spending money that you're like, I didn't think I was going to spend any money there today and it's gone now and I, I can't get it back or yeah. So where are the areas in your life that that drain is happening and perhaps there's something you can do about it. Perhaps there's a way that you can um, redirect, mitigate, um, block um, that energy from being taken. Maybe it's a choice. Maybe it's something where you're going to, you have to make a different choice in order to not have let that happen to you. So let's do the meditation first. This is my goal. Then we're going to journal. Then we'll uh, chat and just bring up kind of the biggest pieces about this. So you guys um, allow yourselves to drop into um Whatever's comfortable. If you want, yeah, like Deb's doing. If you want, when you meditate, you can turn off your cameras. 
I might have to leave a little early, Jill, for I have an HOA meeting here. Yeah, I heard you say, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. I'll try and be, I, I'm going to try and be wrapped up and just be in question and answers by then. Yeah. All right. Allowing yourself to drop in. The yogic belief is that the highest wisdom is already in you. That there is no external body. There is no doctor. There is no therapist. There is no pill that knows you better than you know yourself. And just breathe into that. That you are whole. That you are enough. And that you have choice. And just take deep breaths as you hear those words. Allowing yourself to drop inward past the noisy chatter of your mind. Past your awareness of places that you don't feel like you are enough or you don't feel like you have enough energy or you don't feel like there is abundance. And just take deep breaths. Using your prana, using that life force energy to help you bind, to help you collect um, all the different koshas, the layers of you So that for the purposes of this exercise, you are not just drawing on your brain space, but you're lifting the intelligence from your heart space, and from your gut, and allowing the tagus, the cellular intelligence encoded in you to just rise and speak so that the visions and the words and the thoughts and the sensations that come to us today, we can um, honor as our truth. And I want you to think of the ways in which you um, describe energy. Maybe there's other words. What is the sensation in your body when you feel like you have energy? 
There's a lightness. There's a connection to passion, to enthusiasm. There is a joyfulness when that energy is present. And when that energy um, isn't present, just feel yourself notice that sensation. It can feel stagnant, lethargic, sluggish. It does feel like motivation, enthusiasm is dampened. And just notice how that sensation feels in your body. There's a heaviness to that. And so in that place where that energy does not feel present, what are your go-tos? What things can you offer to yourself that would regenerate, replenish, refuel that energy tank? We can go back to sleep. We can go back to nourishment, the first two of the pillars of health. Good company. Nature. Sometimes it's pushing past those feelings of lethargy and creating movement anyway, getting outside, getting on your mat, you know, um, starting up the fire, kindling your desires, creating space for a passion project. Something on that other side, something that exists when you feel like you have energy, how do you draw it into this space? Hmm. Go back now to that place where energy is abundant. It exists. It's already in you. What are the, what are the set of circumstances present that are enabling that flow to be available to you. What are the circumstances that enable that energy to be present? 
to be available. And if you were to curate, if you were to um, take this pillar seriously, what design changes or what design elements of life could you prioritize? So that you could come to that state, you could experience that state more often. It feels like we're on two sides of a teeter-totter right now, and I want you to notice that. And how our tendency in humans is that we feel like the teeter-totter has to um, like be lifted all the way up into the sky and then dropped right back down to touch the ground. We even call it an energy crash when we let that end of the teeter-totter just drop, banging your butt on the floor as the teeter-totter hits the ground. What, what would it feel like or what could we do to notice the energy more consciously, more um, intentionally so that it's more like when you're a kid and you're standing on the teeter-totter one leg on either side of the beam and you're to the point where all you need to do is press a little bit into the right leg and then a little bit into the left leg to keep balance so that when you feel yourself tipping too far in one direction you can your, your rejuvenation of energy doesn't need to be a complete shutdown of life so that you can replenish. What are the small correct, corrections, the simple tiny things? Just start thinking little. Start thinking small. Hmm. Take a deep breath there. I think you have the perception, you have the sensations, you have the idea of what that feels like on either side. I want you to imagine that the universe has energy for you. If you will allow it to flow through you The universe has it. I think that's a tough concept too. So just imagine this gift of energy, holding it in your hands. You get to choose how you spend it. I believe that in yoga and Ayurveda, we are constantly curating this um, bundle of energy in our hands to be bigger so that we can experience more of it. We can build a container that holds more energy.
But whatever energy is in your hands is yours to use. What lights you up? Even if this was a finite resource, which the universe says it is not, but even if it was a finite resource, how will you use that? In your best interest. What start, what fireworks start going off in your head when you start thinking, oh my gosh, that's what I would do. And then how much of that are you doing right now? Is that how your, are your choices aligned with that excitement, that direction, that ability to choose where you put your energy? Is that what you're doing? Ayurveda's three pillars of health talk about congruency. That when things are congruent in mind, body, soul, that congruency um, creates health, the state of health. That congruency allows flow. And so this is where that piece, that essential piece of when you spend your energy the way your body wants you to spend it, there is an automatic replenishment happening for you. And when you spend your energy in negligent ways, there is a depletion pattern happening because your body needs you to spend it the way you is important to you. And it is like when you spend it, how it's important to you. It's like if you love gardening and then you go outside and garden, you, you don't come back in from gardening going, oh my God, I'm drained. I have to sleep on the couch for two hours. You come back in full, satisfied, satiated, content. What fills you up? What ways when you spend your energy automatically lead to a regeneration of energy, a continual fueling of the cycle towards your highest self? I love that question. Deep breath. Last one. And then I might have to circle back to leave us on a high note. Where in your life is maybe it's negligent use of energy. Maybe it's misdirection of your attention and efforts. But this is the place that when you go, there is a drain. The energy is being pulled from you depleting you. Sometimes this is experienced as an external source. Uh, Harry Potter talks about them as dementors. Sometimes it is your own negligent choices and you, you know, you feel that, but 
So where is that energy being sucked from you? Wow. Okay, that was a lot of exploration. So I want you to just spend a moment here reconciling, knowing that you don't have to remember every thought that came through. That even this intentional time of asking yourselves these questions leaves an imprint, leaves a knowledge, creates that deep knowing in consciousness, not just in unconsciousness. That will help us be more purposeful from this moment on. So just take a deep breath in and notice the different layers of your body, the different areas of your being that contributed to um, the knowledge, the wisdom that rose today. Feel the, 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 the weightiness, the truth um, in what you are being offered. And just have an appreciation for that ability to connect to your inner truth. Take a deep breath. Let yourself exhale. And when you're ready, let yourself open your eyes and just open your journal. Open a, get a pen and paper and start to write. When you're on that teeter-totter and on one side of the teeter-totter is abundant energy. Write what that feels like. What sensations um, did you notice when you asked about abundant energy? When you practiced feeling it? What are the conditions that precipitate that abundant energy? What sorts of things are going on in your life when that experience is available? And then on the other side of the teeter-totter, depleted energy. What sensations, feelings, thoughts? Do you experience when there is a lack? There is a block. And that abundant energy feels unavailable. 
What is the experience of that? What are the, is there, is there conditions that precipitate depletion? Are there things that go on when you notice that that energy has now been blocked for you? It feels like the tank is empty or there's no flow coming from universe to provide it. That block might be between you and universe, between you and yourself. Wow, the sensations even in my body as I'm describing these um, are um, big, they're big. They're packed with emotions, packed with um, sensation. Okay, let yourself move to these last two categories. Um, if you could choose, universe says you can, universe says you have choice. Um, if you could choose where you spent your energy, where would it be? Where would it flow so that there was that precipitation of replenishment there is a you know the direction that you're going automatically gains steam automatically uh, attracts more energy automatically creates a cycle of replenishment where would you go where would you what would that look like how would that energy be spent And think of those moments, those times where the action, activity, experience is at its completion, and yet there is a, an abundance in you. And it might not be abundance like, oh, I could climb that mountain again. That's not what I'm talking about. It doesn't necessarily need to be energy stored for physical use, but it's like a, a buildup of appreciation, of gratitude, of love, of of um feeling uh, that feeling abundance because that feeling of abundance is what allows the replenishment. So you're just thinking of that. What is, what is it that I would do that would create that cycle? Last question. Um, perhaps not last. How am I living in ways where I'm depleting, where I'm making choices that are depleting me, or I'm putting myself in situations where others are like stealing my energy.
there's a practice called cord cutting. Um, and they often suggest empaths do it. People who, who are in presence of other people and automatically can sort of feel the energy that's um, being exchanged whenever beings gather. And they say that empaths quite easily take on other people's um, energies, negative, positive, whatever, but can be very, that, that can be very draining. And so the practice of cord cutting is to um, visualize yourself cutting cords with that person and doing so in such a way that you can say, um, I trust that you have all you need. I trust that you have um, capacity and capability to um, support yourself. So know that you don't need to take my energy. I don't need to like run in and save you with my energy because sometimes it's being stolen. Sometimes it's being um, thrown at you and that cord cutting sort of like, um, I, I trust, I trust that you're a fully capable human being and that you don't need to um, pull energy from me to make yourself more whole. And that I don't need to drip energy out to you to make you more whole or to make myself feel good because I'm dripping energy out to you. So it is an acknowledgement that every soul, every being has capacity to, to be here. So I didn't specifically uh, talk to regeneration, but I feel like that it came up. It, like, so if there's anything that you need to write down or read around, what do I need? What do I know? What habits, what uh, practices? Um, I like the word rituals. So all of those ideas of, of yoga and Ayurveda, the habits, the daily routines, the rituals, what do I, what can I do to be in service of regenerating my own energy? There's something in the yamas and niyamas that says, um, do things right the first time so that you don't have to go back and like clean up. And there's, because that to me, like it's that idea of the cleanup is energy expensive, right? How many times have we done that? It's like, oh, whatever happened over there, I've got some serious cleanup necessary. And there's energy there. And the only way we can avoid that kind of cleanup is to have the boundaries, that radical act of self-care, those boundaries so that... Um, we're digesting, we're processing, we're giving ourselves that time um, and awareness so that we're not so reactive in the world, that we're more responsive. Because every time we're in that responsive mode, it's almost like that's what feels motivating and fed, but not full and aired out. There's a creativity in the, in a when you get to respond from a place that's feeling full and true for you. It does land in the world way better than you react. Yeah. Thank you. Any um, other final wrap up thoughts, everyone? Yeah, thank you for coming. This was a really fun series of workshops for me and um, 
part of the reason this one doesn't have a lot of um, worksheets and stuff is, um, well, I was lazy. That's your first one. But I just felt like it was energy when I came to start to do it. I was like, this is the part of yoga that I don't believe I'm, I need to teach anything that I truly believe that this infer you have this in you and that yoga is about my, my purpose for yoga is about being able to like unlock it from you so that your own wisdom is available for you to use. And um, that's where I feel like the power is all the time. And so no, like know for me that your voices contribute to contributed to the wholeness of this conversation and that everything that each of you said like supported each of us in knowing that this experience is universal we all understand it we all get it on an innate level there's nothing about this conversation that we were like huh can you explain that concept to me again nobody needed to do that everyone's like "Uh uh-huh yeah got it because this is innate knowledge it's just that we've ne- we haven't been taught in our culture to consider it the way we've considered it today. Yeah. So thank you for coming and making it powerful and bringing your power to it. Mm-hmm. Namaste, everyone. 